and welcome to the Woman and Me Show. I'm your host, Karen Hines, also known as Coach K. And I bring you this platform for women to share their stories coming from twinge to triumph. Today, my lovely guest, Ms. Lisa Jones, will be sharing her story coming from stage three cancer to beating the odds. So I want to welcome my lovely guest. During your uh, diagnosis or when you were diagnosed with stage three cancer, I know it was a trying time. So what was going through your head when you got the news or who was the first person that you reached out to for comfort? And the first person I called was my ex-husband. So we were, he's my ex, ex, but he and I were still very good friends. We didn't make it as husband and wife and it's okay, but we had a dynamic son that we thought nothing is going to come in between that relationship. So one of the things I had to ask the Lord to was make me a better woman and not a bitter woman after that storm. That's another whole show. I have ministered to so many other people in going through their storms. I realized now I needed to get in the mirror and everything that I said to them, I now needed to turn it back to me. Yes. So then I had to start remembering, well, if someone came to you with this, what would you be telling them right now? And then yes. I was like, well, I shall live and not die. You know, I am healed by the stripes of Jesus. And I started just, you know, pouring Man. out the word. And then I started getting all the material on the word and scriptures on on DVD, on CDs, and I would listen to them at night and allow myself to just bask in the word. I would go to sleep with the word, waking up to the word. I would read on it. I would read different people's story. You know, I would read, um, you know, Dodie Olstein's uh, story. It was just amazing to me. In addition to uh, Mrs. Price, Fred um, Price's wife, you know, her story was just resonated with me. So other pastor's wife, and um, back in the day, I used to be a pastor's wife. My husband was a pastor at one so time. It was just so reading their stories and this really getting, um, you know, in that space where I knew that if I'm telling everyone else to trust God, I must trust him. I know there was some promises he made to me. They haven't been fulfilled. So the death sentences that the doctors gave me, it's, well, whose report am I going to believe? Mm -hmm. I had to believe the report of the Lord. Because when you get into a situation where you're backed up against the wall like that, oh, then yes. you go, okay, um, for God I live, for God I die. And on his word do I stand. And that's where I stood. So it was hard. That Talk to your teens about mental wellness. If you begin to notice them becoming distant and are isolated in distress, if you start noticing them becoming anxious and sad more often than usual, you may want to start seeking guidance. While you wait on assistance, please pay attention and keep a journal of their unusual changes in their activities, their physical and mental changes and our appearance. Moreover, be mindful of the company they keep. Mental unwellness in our black youth is becoming more frequent and we need to start addressing these mental issues and suicide rates in our black communities. There are resources out there related to African-Americans. If your teen or child are having problems, get them the help they deserve. Do not wait any longer. Locate and contact a suicide prevention resource center in your area. You do not want to wait until it is too late. If you need assistance, contact me at info at preeminentlifesolutionsllc.net. This is Coach K. Be mindful. You were diagnosed 
and all these other problems that were going on with your family and how as women, we are like the backbone. Yeah. We hold, we contain all of our emotions, hurt and pain. Yes. Um, and, and our emotional um, wellness is at stake. So we put everybody else's emotional well-being, um, health and well-being before our own. Absolutely. And people don't realize that a lot of women have a lot of physical ailments or physical illnesses due to us harboring all these stressors and anxieties and depression and the worry, you know, in us. And and that's like it's it's so hard to deal with, but we keep going. Yeah. You Even know, the mental um, pressure, you know, just um, people being concerned about others. And I'm I'm one of these type of people. Everything has to be in order, you know. And mm -hmm. then it just, again, it wasn't making sense to me that my son was not going to finish the ninth grade in peace when the Lord blessed him with that scholarship. So I kept relating it back to what I know that the Lord has said. Yes. So the whole thing is standing on his word. I made it my floor. It had to be. I had to stand solidly on it. And it was like, because I had to, the Holy Spirit just kept bringing things back. He kept bringing me all the promises that God said to me. And, so and some said, people think their kids can, can take it. You know, I know my kids are strong because I raised them that way. I know they can take anything that God has put in our path. Um, but really, some children can't. All of our kids are different. They are. And it's amazing that you said that because one of the things his father was big on is never wanting his son to see him sick, never mm -hmm. wanting him to see him sick. And then when my um, ex-husband took ill and we got him shipped to the Cleveland Clinic, said, I can't do this anymore. I can't hold it. I've been coming to Ohio, driving here every weekend, taking care of your father in the hospital. I can't call the doctor. And the, I gave him the doctor's number and I knew the doctor would tell him everything. But here's the thing, Karen. Do you know, after all of that, my son was the only one who had total say over his father because he was the only true next of kin. I didn't have a say over his life. His brother didn't have a say over his life. His father, they said the only person who had legal authority to say anything about this man is yes. his son. Yes. And let me tell you, that 18-year-old going on, you know, 19-year-old came in and took over. He, I showed him what I did every day when I was there. And then he took over. He said, Ma, I got it from here. So here we are holding these things back from him. Mm -hmm. He is the one who took over. He even as mothers, we raise our children to be resilient, to think for themselves, be independent, just have a mind of their own. Um, and raising them, you know, when they're little, they say the darndest things. And then you laugh because it's so funny. And then you shock because they said the wrong thing in front of somebody. It was kind of this discomfort or um, it's kind of uncomfortable. But um, doing that, you know, um, and we raise them to think for themselves. It is still scary when they get of age and leave the nest, but we know that they have a mind of their own and they have to experience the world. Um, and we've raised them to know they can always come home. They can always come to you and discuss what's going on and we can help them through it. 
always. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And they do, you know, they'll experiment and do their things and what have you, but I believe that base is still there, that that core that um, is calling for them, their purpose, is calling out that purpose and telling them, you know, no matter what you do, you're not going to be satisfied until you do what you were created to do. And that's yes. something we have to keep before them. You know, God knew who you were before the foundations of this world. You know, he knew you before you were in the womb. So he already has a purpose for you for such a time as this, is what I tell everyone. And I knew even for me, for such a time as this, I said, Lord, whatever it is, I said, have me to do that. Because I said, I could have been back in the Bible days. I could have been Deborah. I could have been, you know, Mary. Yeah. I could have been any of them. But for such a time as this, I'm here. And now that I'm here, I said, I want to do it in health and wealth. I want to live, I want to live great. I want to look great. And so I started then, um, you know, after, you know, going through the chemo, which was the most grueling process in the world. I wouldn't wish chemo on anyone. The average age of most mental health disorders is 18 to 24. Although your child never experienced or had any noticeable mental health concerns in the past, does not mean they will be unaffected during their college years. Children move away from home and experience a brand new sense of independence, which can be difficult to understand how to support your child during this stage in their life, especially a legal adult. Know your role in protecting your child's mental health and wellness. Colleges have strict rules on when and who to notify regarding your child's mental health. Find out those protocols in the very beginning. Keep all lines of communication open between you and your child. If you are concerned about your child's mental well-being, find out whom to call at their college. If you or your child think it is necessary to go to a counseling center, encourage them. And parents or guardians, do your research. Know the signs and symptoms of emotional distress. This is your girl, Coach K. Be mindful. Um, closing out today's um, session, what will you tell um, women that are going through um, stage or any kind of cancer or going through any ailments, you know, life-threatening? What, what advice would you give them moving forward with their life? I would tell them the first thing that they want to do is really get a um, have a core group, whether it's one or two people that you know that will be with you, that you can talk to, that will pray with you. And then that's the other thing, prayer. If you have a prayer life, this is the time now for you to trust God with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding as Proverbs 3 tell us, but in all your ways, trust him so that he can direct your path. You have to trust him. Another thing I would say to protect your head, protect your head because the thoughts are going to come. What if, what if, what if, what if? Mm -mm. Stand fast in the word of God and say, this is what I'm going to stand on because they will come, okay? I, I, I received death sentences. Two doctors gave me a death sentence. And then I said, well, God said I shall live and not die. And that's where you lock it, ladies. That's where you keep it, right where God, with what, what he says, okay? And then, Get in a place where you can be still and be quiet and hear from God. Hear yourself. Start, just get in a place where you will be at peace. And what I mean by that is tuning everything and everyone out. Tuning everything and everyone out and going in deep and really saying, who am I? Why am I here? What is my purpose? 
and whatever it is, that's what I want to do and live it. There are so many more, but those are the top ones right there. I got still, I got my core group together, my, 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 the people that I knew that would pray with me and for me, because I knew that there were going to be times I needed people to carry me when I couldn't carry myself. And then you pray, trust God, and then get in that place of quiet so that you can truly hear. Because with all this noise going on, it's hard to hear. But get in that place where you can hear, where you then start questioning. And whatever questions come up, let them come out so that you can let God answer those questions. And then do not um, catastrophize on those you know, those, just having those thoughts of, well, what if I die? What if I die? What if I die? At one point you are, but this may not be the time for you to die. So I never accepted that. And here's another thing. I never took ownership of the cancer. I did not say, well, my cancer, my cancer, my cancer. Mm -mm, watch your tongue. I said the diagnosis that they gave me or the cancer I was diagnosed with. But I never said my cancer. I did not take ownership of it. So don't take ownership. Session. Um, tell them how they can get a hold of you. You can get a hold of me at my full name, Lisa Yvette Jones at gmail.com. Lisa Yvette Jones at gmail.com. I can also be reached on Facebook. I am also on Instagram and Twitter. My LinkedIn account is being worked on right now, but you can reach me there. Thank you for joining me on this week's episode. Well, we had a lovely conversation with Miss Lisa Jones discussing her battle through stage three cancer and overcoming the odds. The conversation does not stop here. Our next week episode will be part two. We will be talking about her business, I Care, her journey through weight loss, and her books. You don't want to miss it. You guys be blessed and be mindful.